three, two, one. You ready? Listening to the Real Pineapple Podcast Network. Good evening, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. This is the Real Pineapple, and this is your humble host, Hunter. Here, hope you guys had a great are having a great holiday season. So, in case you guys uh, are first-time listeners or you didn't hear on one of the last reviews, uh, first off, if you're new, welcome. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, if you have been listening for a while, we are extending our real holiday series. Pretty much probably till the end of January, just because, unfortunately, you know, tis the holiday season, people get busy, there's some people I want to have review stuff, and just warning, we'll make our time sink currently, so we'll have a review up at least for a Charlie Brown Christmas, uh, as well as a review for uh, Elf uh, by the end of January. I wanted to get a couple more uh, Christmas movies out uh, and reviewed for you guys, so uh, that'll be coming down the pipeline. What I'm here to talk about today is another Christmas movie, and I, full disclosure, I am talking about A Medea Christmas, which came out in, um, that came out in, oh my goodness, 2013, God, I, so I wasn't even doing the podcast, uh, at, at the time, obviously, we've been doing it for about five years, but here's the thing about Tyler Perry, uh, if you've listened to the podcast for a while, you know I am no fan of Tyler Perry. I think that he is, um, how, how do I, I'm going to try to be somewhat nice just because it's a holiday season. We'll see how long it lasts. But I think Tyler Perry is very terrible. I think the fact that he profits off of black stereotypes the way he does, and yet he's celebrated for it just because he's a, quote, black filmmaker. And I put black filmmaker in quotes because I don't think he's a filmmaker because in order for you to be a filmmaker, in my mind, you have to evolve, you have to progress, you have to get better at your craft. And he's done so many of these Medea movies. I want to say it's at least 12. And it just, it hurts my head that there's so many Medea films and this dude just, for whatever reason, cannot get it together. And I'm going to say something that's going to really upset some black people because I've already had several of my black friends and please. Uh, black people hit me up on Twitter, uh, go off on me about this. He gave a speech at the uh, BET Awards uh, this past summer. And I didn't really talk about it because we weren't reviewing my DF film at the time, so it just seemed kind of random to just, you know, shove dialogue or a commentary in that into a random review. This is what I'm going to say. I just went back and watched the speech in full. I, I saw it originally when it came out and it was trending on YouTube. And I just gotta be honest with you guys, I I, I don't get it. I, I really don't understand it. Now, yes, I will give Tyler Perry credit where, where it's due. I mean, the fact that he was homeless, living on the streets, you know, was able to uh, find, find this character that for some reason connects with people in Medea, get rich off of it, cool. Like, I mean, not everything that you know, not everything that people get rich off of is good. I mean, you know, the Pet Rock is a good example, but here's the thing about Tyler Perry. He's sitting up here talking about how he wants to help black people, you know, be, uh, talked about this uh, homeless uh, uh, this homeless gentleman who used to sell candy at his school and helping him cross the street, and how he wants to help 
black people, you know, cross the street, basically, you know, evolve and all that. I'm all for that. I think that is a, a, a admirable thing to want to do. My question is, you put Taraji P. Henson in something like Acrimony, where she's playing a stereotypical crazy black woman who can't get over her man, who goes full, basically single uh, black female in this case, and tries to go ahead and burn, like, kill his bride and kill him. And you're saying, oh, that's a, you know, that's an opportunity for Taraji P. Henson. I'm sorry, shouldn't we be in roles that are, you know, good for us, that portray us in a good light? I'm sorry, I didn't see, you know, I didn't see uh, Queen Lupita Nyong'o, I didn't see her, I didn't see Jordan Peele having her play a stereotypical black mom where she's yelling at her kids and all that. I'm sorry, Lupita was just a mom. That's all she was, a mom who cared about her kids, which... For some reason, Tyler Perry land <laughs> just seems to be something he cannot grasp. And here's the other thing. As a black dude, something that just always makes me kind of tilt my head and go, really? That, that's, that's how you're going to roll with this? The fact that every black woman in his films who's like the main character or is, you know, uh, like prominently featured, why do they always need a man? Why? Jesus to come ahead and go and save her, save them. And I always sit in these theaters and I just go, why? Like, why is that always the, you know, the end game? Why can't the woman just stay single? Why can't she just work on herself? Like, it, it's a, I think it's a, honestly a poisonous message. And call it what you will, but Medea is really just a stereotype of the sassy black grandmother who gets to, you know, age 60 and you know just goes ahead and doesn't give a fuck and the fact that that's all it is i mean it in medea is really not even that funny most of the time i mean th there there's a line in medea christmas where she says uh, oh i ran my prescription and she's talking to her friend and her friend goes what and she says something like uh like five milligrams don't choke that hoe and i'm like that's not even a fucking joke why is that and i'm just sitting there watching these movies and i and i i i, I don't understand I, I've, I've gone, I give him two movies. I will give him two. I will give him uh, Diary of a Mad Black Woman, because that was the first Medea movie, and I wasn't wise to the trick <laughs> at that point. So first movie, fine, okay. And then uh, for Colored Girls. I think color, for Colored Girls is well-directed at, at points. Uh, but honestly, that's not his script. That's an adapted screenplay, so he had less room to fuck that up. All his original stuff, I think, is just absolutely atrocious. So this whole, I, I will give him the line from his speech where he talked about how he bought, you know, bought the land for Tyler Perry Studios. Uh, it, it used to be a uh, Confederate base and how, you know, one Negro now, now owns this land. It's a powerful line. Do not misunderstand. But again, let's talk about the fact that this Negro has gone ahead and made us look coonish in every movie he's put out. So that one line does not excuse the many hours that he's gone ahead and make us, made us look like fucking fools. So this whole celebration of Tyler Perry, this is all I'm going to say in closing before I actually get to reviewing the movie. Uh, Tyler Perry owns his own studio now. It is all Tyler Perry. If he turns around and goes, hey, I'm serious about black film. I want to be, you know, like a... Like, John Singletary, I want to be like Spike, you know, I want to go ahead and, you know, make films that really speak to my community and not just profit off of our stereotypes. I think that would be incredibly powerful, and 
you guys know me. I mean, uh, you know, you can go down the list of movies where I went into it thinking, oh, this is going to suck. And then, you know, go figure. I walk out and I go, oh, wow, that was really, really excellent. If Tyler Perry makes a good film, I'll be the first one, uh, <laughs> begrudgingly, admittedly, but I will give him props and go, hey, well done, sir. But outside of that, though, um, there is no excuse for him to keep profiting off her stereotypes considering he owns his own his this studio now he has multiple sound stages to shoot whatever the hell he wants he's a writer producer and director on every project he's fucking on and bottom line i don't know what tyler perry studios has next uh has lined up next i'm a little horrified <laughs> to know to be completely honest with you but uh no excuses there are no excuses for you moving forward. There really haven't been any excuses for you currently, but moving forward now, considering you own all your shit, uh, bring it. You need to bring it. And if if this next movie that he makes is coonish like the other ones, I'm gonna be your first one to go. You guys all bought. You guys all paid for this shit, and you all bought it. That's the other thing. Like I go see these movies. I have to see these because I'm reviewing these for your guy, for you guys. I'm not happy when I'm in these theaters, but everyone else around me. Is always laughing their asses off, and I just look around. And I go, God, you're lining his pockets, and you're making it so I have to keep seeing more of these. And it's spoiler alert for Medea Christmas, and a quick spoiler for Medea Family Funeral. So, give me a minute if you haven't seen it and you care, which you shouldn't. But he he couldn't even kill Medea in Medea Family Funeral. Do you really think that's intentional? Because I'll tell you right now, in five years, when Tyler Perry tries to write, you know. I don't know, Lion, like Black Lion King or whatever the fuck he's gonna write, like whatever, like whatever movie he tries to make, and it doesn't fulfill him, quote artistically unquote, he's gonna go right back to Medea. He will. There will be a new Medea movie in the next six years. You heard it here first, and he'll be treated as some big return, which is not. And I mean, it's not. It's not Lord of the Rings. It's not Return of the King. But I'm telling you right now, that's exactly what's gonna happen, and I'm gonna tell all y'all why did you buy into this? But, like I said, Tyler Perry owns his own studio. I <laughs> I know it sounds like, it doesn't sound like it, but I'm giving him credit on that. But, Tyler Perry, you need to bring it, man. And you need to actually do something with this. Because this whole you being nice and just giving black folks opportunities, that doesn't fly for me. You actually need to go ahead and bring it. So, uh, yeah, there you go. Anyways, so... Abadia Christmas is written, produced, directed, and stars Tyler Perry, who of course plays Medea. He actually only plays one character this time, thank God. And so basically the short, uh, the, the very simple plot on this is Tyler Perry, uh, Tyler Perry, Tyler Perry, good grief, plays Medea. And he's working at a, like, like a convenience store, not, not convenience store, like a, uh, like, like a Macy's ripoff uh, type store. And he's working with his friend Eileen, uh, who's played by Anna Maria uh, uh, Horse uh, Horseford. That, that's a little tongue twister. So they're friends, and Eileen wants to go ahead and visit her daughter uh, Lacey, who's played by uh, Tika Sumter. Uh, I feel like I've seen her. So she was in Old Man the Gun. That's right. Okay, that makes sense. Um, Oh, and she's on, she's on Blackish. I was sitting, I was like, why, where do I know her? Okay, that is a load off my mind. Anyways, so Eileen wants to go ahead and, uh, and visit Lacey. Lacey lives out in the country. I believe they say she lives in, I want to say she lives in, 
not uh, like deep Georgia, because this movie takes place in Atlanta, because of course it does. So uh, Eileen can't drive. She asks Medea to go ahead and like, hey, I'll pay you. And of course Medea's like, um, I'm not even gonna try to do Medea person. Her, her, let's go. There, there you go. There's my, <laughs> there's my Medea. But, but Eileen goes ahead and drives Medea. Uh, or uh, Medea drives Eileen down to uh, meet uh, to see Lacey for the holidays. Uh, she is actually married to Eric Lively, who plays Connor, who's this kind of Kenny Wayne Shepherd looking guy. If you haven't seen Kenny Wayne Shepherd, listen to his music; he's wonderful. But he goes ahead; uh, they're married, and Eileen doesn't know. So that's the big kind of crux of the movie: is oh, why does she doesn't know that? that they're married, and so Lacey is playing off Connor as a, a, a like, her farmhand. So it's, you know, so kind of the whole, like, oh, we gotta keep this a secret, and Medea's there to make her quips and go, like, do her her whole shtick. Let's just get this out of the way. Did I like this? No, absolutely not. I thought this was, uh, as far as a Christmas movie, I, I can't even think of something I would like less than this, but here's the thing about this. I will give the movie credit for one thing. I got two laughs out of this. I got two actual laughs. Not even chuckles, but actual laughs. I will give the movie credit on that. One of the laughs is from Buddy, because of course his name is Buddy, who's played by Larry the Cable Guy. And I, (laughs) I have to say, Larry the Cable Guy, his movies have been, uh, as terrible as Tower Perry's. Uh, just very quickly go down the list. Uh, actually, I don't like the Cars franchise at all, but I think the first Cars is good. And as much as I just, I they don't normally hit for me, I actually like Blue Collar Comedy toward the movie. I, I, I don't know what it is. It hits me in the right spots. I enjoy it. Uh, outside of that, Larry the Cable Guy has done uh, Delta Farce, which is horrible. Uh, Witless Protection, which I've seen, is really bad. And, uh, oh, he did Two Fairy 2. Holy crap. Oh, my God. They made a Two Fairy 2. Um, and, yeah. Like, he, he, he's been... Larry the Cable Guy's been bad in a lot of shit. But in here, he's the most likable person in the movie. While it's not saying a lot, that that did go a little bit of a way with, with me. Uh, he's married to Ka- uh, Kathy uh, uh, Najimi, who, of course, you'll probably know from Hocus Pocus because, you know, Hocus Pocus is kind of great. Um, she was also in Hope Floats, and I actually love Hope Floats. Uh, so, but yeah, she's Mary in, in Hocus Pocus. And the thing that I actually remember her from quicker than even uh, e- even uh, Hocus Pocus is uh, that show Veronica's Closet. She was on there, and I really loved her on there. I thought she was really, uh, she was a lot of fun. Uh, but their relationship, their marriage is, it's, how do I put this? It's as cute as it can be for the subject matter and the script that's being that's been written. Uh, this movie's not good, but their relationship, there, there's this whole kind of, kind of subplot so basically when Eileen and Medea get to go visit Lacey Connor's living there because of course they're married they were planning for Connor's parents coming to town uh Buddy and Kim but they clearly weren't expecting you know Eileen and Medea so they there's a whole like oh we're gonna have to bunk up and hunker down and I I don't know why I went to a country accent there but I just (laughs) 
I was sitting there talking. I went, oh, why, why am I, why am I slipping the Falkhorn Leghorn? I that I just watched Knives Out. That's that's Olea laughing in the background. I wow, that was that was funny. Anyways, but you know they all have to bunker down and uh, hunker down. Whatever, <laughs> I'm, I'm going country here. What do you want from me? But they all have to go ahead, kind of stay in close quarters with each other, and that is mildly entertaining just because it's Eileen being an absolute bitch uh, looking like she's on a syrup bottle and <laughs> you've got Buddy and Kim trying to be sweet and keep Connor's secret. secret. I appreciate to an extent this plot line for one reason. I think as black folks we, we do I mean rightfully so. We are paranoid sometimes of just white, like overly paranoid of white folks in general, and this movie does do a good job of going like, "Hey, not every white person's out to you know kill you or put you on a you know carnival cruise ship and put you back, send you back to Africa." I mean, like not every white person is bad, and I appreciate the movie kind of addressing that kind of early on. The big problem is that this movie, like within the first, I want to say twenty five minutes. When Eileen and Medea are driving down to see Lacey, they stop off for gas and they meet this uh, older white guy. And he, and Medea goes like, "Er, her, where are we? <laughs> like, where do we get gas?" And the older white guy goes, "Oh, hey, go through that door." And Medea walks through, and it's just a clan meeting, just taking place in this small ass Bodunk town. And the movie plays it off as as for like a gag. Like, it's, like, it plays that, like, kind of quippy, like, the burm, 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 like, that baseline bull crap. And I'm sitting there watching this with Leia, and I'm like, why are you playing off the clan just meeting in, it's not even nighttime, for fuck's sake, it's just the middle of the day. Like, they all had coffee, and they're like, oh, like, oh, I can't drink coffee with this hood on. Like, like they're just there in the middle of the day, like, it's nothing. And, and the movie plays it off, like, waka waka, isn't that funny? And I'm sitting there like, no, it's not funny at all all it's really quite frustrating if i'm being honest so the other subplot because you know it's tower perry and there has to be like 80 bajillion subplots so lacy is a teacher at this school and by the way this school and i can say this because alaya is going to be a music teacher a great music teacher my dad um so she so lacy teaches in this school but it is like the smallest school maybe ever it's like it got shrunk with a shrink ray because there's like no there aren't multiple classrooms the classroom they're in is like the size of a bathroom and there's like 12 deaths i'm like wait like first off classrooms being that small now no that that that's number one they're, they're, no they're, uh, this isn't even a private school this is like a like middle of nowhere in the country clearly scraping by probably getting by on like grants and stuff like that but this 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 classroom being the small is just goddamn ridiculous that's number one uh number two these kids are mount they have a cross just hanging in the middle of the classroom which guys like as as politically divided as we are right now you can't just have a cross hanging in the middle no there, there, there's no goddamn way that would fly without a kid in the class talking about it with their parents the parents calling the school and going hey why is there a cross hanging in your fucking classroom like it's a very like it's a very hard leap to make 
Which leads me to the next subplot, which is the fact that Lacey, at the school she's at, the, the town name doesn't fucking matter, but they they go ahead and they put on this Christmas jamboree each year, which is supposed to be like this big blowout and, you know, celebrating Christmas and God and all that. So, here's the thing. As a Christian, number one, Christmas, pagan holiday. Stop being so up in arms about it. That's number one. Number two, this school is just, the concept that God is not being celebrated during Christmas time is just like a foreign concept to everyone, apparently. And I get it, you know, like all these, like some of these, you know, middle of nowhere towns, you know, they love Jesus. They love hating black people, but they love Jesus while they're doing it. Like, I, I get it. Uh, first off, the fact Lacey's even survived in this town for as long as she has, good for her. Don't, don't think they say how long she's been there, but props. The fact you, you didn't get lynched, cool. But watch this movie. The whole Christmas Jubilee or thing they're putting on, it's it's funny because they end up getting sponsored by this uh, by this uh, company. I don't even remember the name company. It doesn't really matter. But all uh, but this guy Oliver, who ends up being Lacey's ex flame, because of course he does, who's played by uh, J.R. Lemon. Here's the thing about him: the first time you see him, he looks like he's homing the clown. Like he has like two different color uh, colors of plaid, and and. And I won't even repeat what I said <laughs> when I first saw like when I first saw him. I will I will tweak it enough for his recording because I'm trying to be nice. So I said out loud, and Alay would tell you this as a witness, what the hell is that Negro wearing? And that is me censoring myself. Don't do it often, but this will be one of the rare times I'll do it because it's the holiday season. But I the, the moment I saw him I went, there's no way you can be redeemed. So First off, guys, by the way, in the Me Too era that we are in right now, by the way, it's not even the Me Too era, it's just like, look, look, every guy, I'm sure, has misread a kiss situation, you apologize, you go, oh shit, you move on. This guy knows that he's with someone, and goes in and kisses her like it's no big deal, and I'm sitting there like, really? So the fact that she didn't slap the shit out of him, or kick him in the dick... I get he gave you a hundred grand because his company is sponsoring this bullshit Christmas Jubilee. I get it. But at the same time, as a what like Tyler Perry, come on man. Like you can't have a woman go like tell him off or go, what the hell are you doing? He barely even gets offended. I'm sitting there watching this going, come on, dude. Like this is one-on-one floor level crap you should be addressing. And yet he's not. Um there is a scene that Alea out loud got very animated and upset about and she beat me to it by about half a second because there, there's this point where uh, the the kid who's in this movie and I can uh, uh, I, I, ba Bailey I think it's Bailey um, yeah it is Bailey he's just he's this little white kid uh, kind of like a handsome pig pin because he's always dirty <laughs> but he's he's like the main kid in the movie and he's really shy He's really timid, and every kid is just going out of their way to be a dick to this kid, which, you know, okay, fine, whatever. But there's a point where this one girl's picking on him like, oh, yeah, look, look, you're all dirty, nah, 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 nah. And Lacey goes, oh, I'm sorry, what grades are you getting in class? First off, as a teacher, you can't do that. There, there's no way that... There's no way 
in hell that would be allowed and you would be blacklisted and you'd lose your job and probably get sued as well as the district. That's number one. Number two, uh, there's no context for why his girls really mean outside of the fact he's dirty. They could have at least gone the very simple route of going, oh, I'm making fun of you because I like you, which actually wouldn't have made sense considering they're like in seventh, eighth grade, but, but he couldn't even do that, right? I'm just sitting there, I'm like, you have a thread you could actually connect. And you just, you're like, nope, can't do that, because that would make sense. Um, okay. Bailey's dad is played by uh, everyone's favorite heart wow, heartthrob from uh, 20 years ago, uh, Shadow Michael Murray. It was a trip to see Shadow Michael Murray in this. So he looks like he, oh my gosh, he's done so many bad movies. So I'm just like looking through these. He is on Riverdale right now though, and I actually do like him on there. Oh yeah, he was a Nation Carter. I did like him on that. But anyways, seeing Shadow Michael Murray in this, it was really weird because here's the thing. Shadow Michael Murray is playing, like, like if you grab one of your friends, you push them down the, uh, I'm a real American uh, line at Walmart and then said, all right, you're going to be acting as a redneck go. Basically what he's doing here, there's really no conviction or believability to his role at all. I was laughing at him quite a bit. He plays uh, Tanner. Of course, his name's Tanner. But uh, <laughs> but he's, he's Bailey's dad. And what made me laugh is that he lost out on, uh, he lost out on a job. Like he was like a, like a farmer. And, of course, an evil corporation came in and went ahead and took his job away. And, of course, that said evil corporation is the same organization that Oliver works for, who is sponsoring the Christmas Jubilee. So, of course, he's like, you got to get the hell out of here. Why don't you go ahead? And I'm, and I'm sitting there watching this, and, and, and it's just, it's, it's so goddamn stupid at points. I'm like, guys, like... Can you please put a little bit of effort into this shit? Um, he's also, by the way, very, like, at the very least, verbally abusive to his wife, who's played by Elisa uh, uh, Witt, who, uh, Amber. In uh, the movie, there's really not a point here where, like, even stands up for herself. They, they could have at least done that and had her go, you're not going to talk to me like that. You're not going to treat your son like that. And, nah, she never even gets that moment. He's pretty much just a dick constantly to her and to him. He stopped just short of calling him gay, honestly. Because there are so many points where he's like, like, you're not going to go ahead and get learning. You're going to go ahead and be working in the fields like us. And I'm just like, dude, like, this kid's smart. So, so Bailey gets straight A's. I'm sitting there watching it, and I'm just like, okay, so... He gets straight A's, so support your son, you selfish asshole. But Tanner's been so broken because the corporation took everything from him. Even though his family, for whatever reason, sticks by his ass. And, yeah, uh, Chad Michael Murray just, just made me laugh really hard at points. And so now I'm going to go rapid fire on all this. I, these are the notes, word for word, that I have uh, written down. Um, so, first off... Um, uh, for, oh my gosh, Eileen, thank you. Eileen, in a phone conversation to her daughter, Lacey, says, Oh, I don't like you being in the house by yourself. You need a man there. What the actual hell? Really? 
That's the message you want to send to black women? Not just to black women, to women in general. You need a man. Like, you need a man to protect you. I'm sorry, are we not trying to empower women right now? We're heading in 2020. I'm sorry, do we want not to want women to take a self-defense class? Or, or fucking pepper spray? Granted, it's shitty that you have to tell women, hey, you have to protect yourself. Trust me, I get that. But at the same time, why do I have to tell them that they need a man to do it? But she is just on that train of... Uh, yeah, like, you, you need to go ahead and have a man. Tanner and Connor have a history. Tanner used to bully Connor when he was a baby, when he, they were in school together, because of course he did. And so Tanner comes up to him early on in the movie and goes, I heard you're planting corn. I heard this corn go ahead and uses a lot less water than it normally does. So you're going ahead and you're cutting into my business. You ever go ahead and do that again, I'll fucking kill you. Like, it's basically, like, like that's basically what he says. And, and, and yes, I'm definitely doing that more for show. Uh, again, you're hearing Alea laughing randomly in the background. I get, I'm, I'm embezzling, or embezzling, that's wrong, embellishing, good grief. See what this movie's doing to me? I can't get the words right. I'm embellishing a little bit, admittedly, not far off though from what Shia Makamori does. Um, they, they, uh, okay. I, I, okay. I, sorry. I, I'm just looking through my notes here and I, I just, I genuinely don't know what to start. Okay. So there's a scene where Lacey brings Medea into the classroom to meet the kids. And Lacey just pieces out for like 10 minutes and leaves Medea alone with these kids. First off, you cannot do that as a teacher. That's number one. Number two, Medea ends up tying that the little white girl who'd been torturing Bailey. Uh, she ends up, he, she ties him, her, she ties her, pardon me, I was confusing Tyler Perry and Wig. Anyways, she, she ties her to a cross in a classroom where children watching with Christmas lights. And the school administrator comes back with Lacey. Lacey is not fired on the spot like she should have been. But he is not arrested like she should have been. And the movie just goes, yep. Medea, Jesus, and I'm just like, oh my guys, like, come on now, um, it, 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 it oh my god, there, there's so much wrong with this, and the whole thing, of course, is that they go with the whole interracial, um, the whole interracial component, because Connor's white, Lacey's, uh, Lacey's black, and if you want to see an interesting representation of that, Watch Guess Who with uh, Ashton Kutcher and Bernie Mac. That's actually a fun movie, and Bernie Mac is hilarious in that movie. This movie in particular, so I I mentioned earlier, I got two laughs. I got one laugh because Larry the Cable Guy, and I have it timestamped, 44 minutes and 14 seconds. Uh, Larry the Cable Guy's buddy goes, hey, look at a woman's heart, because that's where the riot is. That made me laugh. I will give Larry the Cable Guy that. That's the first laugh I've gotten in a Dia movie in... Oh, God, I don't think I laughed at Medea Family Funeral. I might have. I can't remember. But, uh, and then they follow that up with another funny joke where if, uh, with Kim, his wife, goes, you know, Buddy's pretty funny, but, he, I mean, he's no Jeff Foxworthy. That was like, okay, that was, that was, that was actually funny. Um, okay. As far as everything else about this movie, of course they have the whole... Christmas Jubilee 
I mentioned that the company donated hundred thousand dollars. I'm gonna tell you guys right now, by the way, just to show how cheap Tyler Perry is. This film, in no way, shape, or form, at any point, looks like there's any shot, any frame, any scene that is even close to hundred thousand dollars spent in that scene. The Cold Christmas Jubilee. It looks like something you would put up when you found out, oh, hey, you have to put together a surprise birthday party and you've got three hours to do it. There's barely any streamers. There's no fireworks. It is just the most lame-ass, bare-bones decorations. And the fact that this company gave $100,000, you you really would go, where did the money go? Who embezzled 90000 of this? Because I don't think they even used 10000 as far as uh, actually decorating. It, it it's It's absurd. Um, the other thing that just made me laugh, and I mean laugh hard, and the first time I remember this being done, actually, no, that would not count, never mind, um, the whole, hey, we're gonna go ahead and go on stage and talk about the corporation and say that they're gonna donate more money than they're actually going to, uh, that does not work in real life, by the way. Uh, corp corporations are uh, soulless. So Lacey goes on stage and goes, "Oh yeah, like the corporation is gonna donate a hundred grand like every year for the next five years." Woo! And the whole town goes, "Yay!" And a couple people in the corporation are, you know, they're all uh, out there going, Rrr, like, Rrr, "How dare you go ahead and make us look evil? Like, good, we're an evil corporation." Mwahaha! And that that whole thing. It's, it's really, really absurd, and I'm going to honestly just wrap this up because I'm realizing I'm going down a rabbit hole. I don't want to go down. So, uh, because I did laugh a couple, uh, a couple times, there is a scene where Connor is trying to milk a cow, and of course, he's milking, trying to milk a bull, which I just rolled my eyes. I was like, good grief, really? Uh... That scene, while I didn't laugh, I, I did, I mildly chuckled because it was so stupid. And Buddy and Kim's relationship does go a long way here for me because I found their stuff actually pretty sweet. And they are coming from, this is the best acting Larry the Cable Guy's probably ever done. Granted, that's not saying much, but still. And there is this whole uh, subplot with Buddy and Kim playing this game involving a sheet and Eileen thinks that they're in the KKK because it's a stupid subplot but the game they're playing I thought was kind of sweet and I will say Connor it feels like he genuinely cares about Lacey and they do a decent job of fleshing him out for as little time as he's on screen I still hate this movie do not think I'm giving this like a D or something like that this is still a piece of crap but it is mildly better than what Tyler Perry typically puts out. And of course it's a Christmas, it, it's it's the holiday season, so I'm gonna go ahead and be a little kinder to Tyler Perry. Don't ever say I never did anything for you, Tyler. I'm gonna give this uh God. I will be kind and give this an F <laughs> instead of a go fuck yourself. You're welcome, Tyler Perry. Happy holidays. Don't ever say I never did anything for you, but yeah, I mean, this is dumb. I rented this, I think, for like three bucks. I think I could have actually bought it for seven, but I refuse to have that in my Amazon library. I, I still have the snowman on there, and that still makes me sad. So, yeah, solid F. There you go. Um, this made, oh, God, what this, this made $52.5 million. I cannot, uh, 
I cannot find. Uh, I cannot find. Uh, the, actually, let me see if I can find the budget. So the budget was twenty-five million on a Medea Christmas. It made fifty. So that is very saddening to me because Tyler Perry, I'm sure, just God, he he's doing so well. He's doing so well for not doing anything, and it upsets me more. But whatever. So, yep, F. Don't watch this unless it's on TV for free. And I, I even then, I, I, I would watch it. So, there you go. Yeah, don't watch it. You're welcome. I suffered through this. Anyway, so, what is your favorite Tyler Perry movie? I asked that kind of ironically because I don't think you can have a favorite outside a Diary of a Mad Black Woman or color, Four Color Girls, but, you know, what you gonna do? Anyways, so... Uh, you can go ahead and like us on Facebook at The Real Pineapple. You can go ahead and follow yours truly on the Twitter at JHunterRealPineapple. You can follow Scott on Twitter at NearmanTheFirst. You can follow Colin on Twitter at The Real O'Neill. And you can follow us on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Stitcher Radio, and Spotify at The Real Pineapple. Guys, thank you so much for listening. We'll have reviews up this week for The Irishman and just mercy as well. Uh, yeah, um, I haven't signed on review anything else. I uh, oh, and Mandalorian. I am gonna read Mandalorian this uh, this week season one review because I just finished it. And I've got a lot to say about the Mandalorian. So guys, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for your support. We will talk to you guys soon. You guys take care.